guys. Welcome to the Niner, Niner Fanatic Podcast. My name is Peter Lucas. It's draft season now for the Niners, unfortunately, uh, due to our loss at the in the NFC Championship game. Draft season came a little bit earlier than I think we all, uh, at least all of us Niner fans, expected. But uh, it is what it is, and here we are. So uh, we're going to talk about today about it and expiring contracts for the team, as well as possible trades that we could see. Uh, and we're just going to get into some of the, the draft, maybe, maybe some future, uh, guys to look for in the draft, uh, the expiring contracts. I mean, it's a long list. And I mean, the state of the team really is, is we have our core intact. You got your Warners locked up and your, uh, and you got all your main guys locked up. You got, uh, but there's a couple of guys, Bosa, Debo, that are probably going to get – Debo specifically is probably going to get locked down uh, long-term. I expect to this offseason. Bosa, they may wait, but don't be surprised if he gets locked up this season also. So, um, But the expiring contracts for this, uh, for this year, and we kind of knew that going into the season. Uh, they signed a whole bunch of just one-year deals uh, because of the cap situation for the league and – the fact that they were that it wasn't as high as as a lot of people thought, uh, but due to the pandemic and everything, so it's uh, but it's a long list. Uh, I think I'm confident in saying that this team is going to look a lot different come training camp. Uh, the main guys are uh, the main guys going on expiring contracts this year. I mean, number one for me is Jason Verrett. Uh, he's going to be 31, missed the whole season with a torn ACL. He was supposed to be our CB1 uh, to start the season. And um, I feel like the only way he comes back is at the minimum at this point. Unfortunately for him, he's, I mean, he, he showed out in 2020 and it was, he was a true CB1 in, in my opinion. And uh, we really had high hopes for him in this season uh, unfortunately, it's it is what it is. Uh, he has a very long injury history, and I just don't see. I think uh, this past season was the last chance he really had to get the big paycheck. And I think you saw some of that emotion on his face when he left the field after he got injured. It was it's uh, it's just really unfortunate. And uh, because the kid, I mean, the guy is a great. He's, I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's thirty, but like uh, he's a. I mean, he's just he's a great player. He's a really great player. And to come back from the, the injury history that he had had and to have as good of a season as he had in 2020, like I said, I just had really high hopes for him. But unfortunately, I mean, the only way I see him coming back is is at the minimum. I don't think the 49ers are going to pay him any any ridiculous amount of money just because it's – I mean, the reality is, is there – even with Jimmy leaving, I don't think there's going to be enough money to go around. And uh, after, especially after signing Debo – and then you've got to sign Bosa. So they've got to take advantage of the fact that they have Trey uh, Trey Lance on on an, on a uh, rookie deal, and they've just they have to they have to take advantage of that and do their due diligence to keep the and and honestly, like I mean honestly, if you look at it, they didn't they didn't really they still had a top five defense without him. So. I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall for uh, for Verrett, and uh, like I said, it's unfortunate, but um, I I really I don't see him returning unless it's for the minimum, and I don't know that he'll take that. So, um, but 
He may be back. I mean, if he's willing to come back for the minimum, I mean, he might be. A lot of these guys, I think, are willing to take a pay cut just to be on the team. I think you saw that a lot this season. And uh, I, and you might you might see it again. I mean, uh, I, I hope that he can bounce back. But uh, another one is Lakin Tomlinson. I think he he's going to be 30, had, a, had an outstanding season next to Trent Williams. And, uh, I mean, I expect for them to re-sign him uh, because they have – they have holes on the right side of the line, and it's it's just uh, you don't you. I think they're almost forced to sign to re-sign him. So it'll be interesting to see what he goes for on the open market, uh, because I mean he's an unrestricted free agent, and I'm sure he's going to get offers. So how did how high did the 49ers go? Uh, and so it, it it ought to be a very interesting uh, situation with Lake and Tomlinson because. I, I hold him in high regard. He's improved every single season he's been on the 49ers. And uh, him with him with Trent, pairing him with Trent Williams, it really, that left side of the line is, it, it was really the focal point of our run game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what what are what are the 49ers willing to give up? Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, but I, like I said, I expect him to be re-signed. I'm hoping that he'll give, that uh, everybody's not going to give the 49ers a uh, like a hometown discount, if you will. But we're just hoping that he gives us some some goodwill because we're going to need we're going to need some help to get all these other guys under the cap. Uh, but DJ Jones, 20, he's only 27 and he has an injury history, um, but he solidified the interior with Eric Armstead this year. And I feel those two, uh, those two have really kind of gelled together. They played so well together, uh, and to, they created one of the best run defenses as well as interior pass rushes in the NFL. And it's uh, he should be back. I think that he should be back due to his injury history and uh, and the fact that he's not a household name. Uh, I don't think that a lot of people even know. He exists. I'm sure like the, the guys in the league that are in the know, they they know who he is. But I think that they look at Eric Armstead and who's the bigger name in the middle. And they kind of just attribute his success to being next to Eric, Eric Armstead. So we'll see. We'll see. Once again, a lot of this is just projection because there's really it's too early to know any of this stuff. But these are just things to kind of look for in free agency. Uh, but I expect him to be back, but it depends on how high, high the price goes. I don't expect it to go that high for DJ Jones. I, I know that we hold him in very high regard in the 49er fans, but I don't, I, I'm not quite sure as to how the rest of the league does. So, uh, and I don't think that the league really uh, values as the, those interior defensive linemen as much as they used to. Uh, but another guy, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert is going to be 30, missed uh, the entire season with chip cartilage in his knee. Uh, was uh, He was supposed to be running back uh, RB1 to start the season. Uh, I don't expect him to be back. I'm not even going to mince words with it. I don't expect him to be back. Uh, he he gets hurt. He lose, he misses time every season. And uh, they're, they're definitely not going to pay him. So, I mean, if he if he wants to come back under the minimum, Great. I would lo love to have him for the minimum. But the other the other question is with the other backs on the roster, 
because uh, Jeff Wilson is Jeff Wilson is a free agent also. And how many running backs do they keep? Because you've got you've got Will, you've got uh, uh, Sermon. Then you got the guy that just almost broke a thousand yards uh, this season in Elijah Mitchell, and then you've got uh, and then you still got Hasty, who's an under who's a restricted free agent, I believe, and uh, and it's just there's there's a lot of bodies, and I I fully expect them to uh, to draft another guy in the either the late round or take an undrafted guy because uh, they do every season. So um, I, I'll be interested to see what. What happens with Mostert? I don't think he'll be back. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I don't know where he goes because I don't I don't believe that he really fits in anybody's scheme per se. Uh, I mean, maybe the Jets. So uh, might take a chance on him. But but uh, Kwan uh, Kwan Williams is another one. Going to be thirty one. Uh, he he probably would have gone to the Jets last season if he had if he had uh, passed the physical for them. Uh, so I mean I expect him to go somewhere, but he's not. They're not going to pay him. So he's I mean because he's going to be 31. He only started eight games, noticeably lost a step, but he continues to kind of be a force against the run. And but I don't expect him to return either. <laughs> That's another guy that that I really I really just can't see it. Uh because he's lost a step. They have guys on the on the roster. Like I said, they were top five defense this season and he missed and he only played eight games. I mean they got by with Dante Johnson. Uh with D'Amico coming back, I fully ex I fully expect them to to really use uh Lenore. Lenore was who was obviously drafted for that spot. I think that him be having a full season to kind of sit behind K1 and learn the learn the system, and uh, he had early success and he had some really bad bad times, but but I mean I think that he's gonna be I think that he's gonna be really good as far as uh, I love his temperament I love the fact that uh, he has really good instincts I think that this season of of having those hits and misses and then on top of it having a chance to just sit and watch for the rest of the season. I think it's going to really, uh, I think it's going to really help him in the, in for next season. And, uh, and I also expect the 49ers to draft another guy in the, in the draft early or late. I, I don't really know how they're, they're thinking of it, but the 49ers don't really value corners that way. So, I mean, obviously they went into last season with Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley as their starters knowing that Jason Verrett is injury prone. Uh, and to be honest, Emmanuel Mosley is kind of injury prone at this point. Uh, and he's also, he wasn't even, I mean, I don't even know how anybody penciled him in as a starter as for just for the fact that uh, he wasn't even starting to end the season in 2020. I mean, I believe Witherspoon was uh, starting in front of him for the last four games. So I just don't think that, I think that the 49ers valued their pass rush way more way more than their uh, than their corners and i think if they they believe if they get enough pass rush they just have to have good corners they don't have to have great corners so don't look for them to to do any major upgrading in that in that respect um but kwan williams i mean he he really helped out in that run in that run game this season he i think he knew he kind of lost a step and as far as coverage goes and it really 
he really concentrated on helping with that run, uh, with the run defense. But another guy uh, that we're going to talk about, Jaquaski Tart. That this one's going to be a little bit painful for me because he's he's going to be 30. Great player, always misses games, always hurt, and uh, he's always going to miss a few games. He didn't miss as many games this season as he did in seasons past, but I don't expect him to return. I don't think that they're going to pay him. Uh, he's coming off a off a really good season this season, and I think he's going to be looking to get to get paid eventually. And I I just don't see it. I just don't see it that he's another casualty that I see maybe going to the Jets. I think the Jets might end up being uh, the 49ers East uh, as of next year, and it's going to be the old washed-up 49ers. Not that those, not that Kwan Williams and Jaquaski Tart are washed up uh, yet, because I don't, I don't think that they are. But, but they're 30. They're on the wrong side of 30, and we all know how that works. And uh, it's, I think the 49ers would be doing the right thing just to go ahead and move on and and make that one of their first priorities in the draft is getting a replacement for Jaquaski. I think in that second round level, there's a lot of good safeties that they could replace Tart with and that, and that uh, in D'Amico's scheme that they could really almost let them learn on the fly. And uh, I think that they'll end up bringing a veteran in just to kind of like help the rookie along, but I fully expect them to draft a rookie for that spot for that strong safety. And they don't necessarily have to be a strong safety uh, that they draft because uh, Jimmy Ward in 2020 played a little strong safety when, uh, when Tart went down in 2020 and they were using Tavarius more, more as that, uh, that single high. And, uh, and then they let uh, Jimmy Ward play more in the box and Jimmy Ward was really good. I think Jimmy Ward is just versatile. He can do really anything you ask of him. I mean, he came in the league as a nickel corner, so uh, and he's become a and he's become one of the one of the I would say he's a top five safety in the league. I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with me, but I think that Jimmy Ward is is a top five safety in the league. He, it, as far as his versatility, as far as his athleticism, as far as him able to be do anything that that coach needs him to do and play at a high level, uh, Jimmy Ward is there. He's not going to get a lot of picks. We all know that, but but the guy is solid. He's solid in coverage. Uh, you're not going to just bust him up all game. Uh, that's just not going to happen. Uh, so, I yeah, like I said, I, I expect uh, Jaquaski Tart not to be back. And uh, I think that's that. I think a lot of us are are uh, kind of resigned to that fate. Um, but there's really too many <laughs> unrestricted free agents to uh, to go over every one. But uh, but they they're going to have to make decisions on. Jeff Wilson, do you bring him back? Because he's a guy you could bring back for cheap. And uh, because he, I mean, really, would, nobody's going to be offering him any big money. Uh, Dwelly, Ross Dwelly, uh, he's another guy. I think you, I think that uh, they may bring him back for cheap. And and then if they draft, because I, 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 it's a sneaky position, I think, in the draft. But I think that they may be looking to to get a bona fide number two tight end uh, because I feel like that has been missing in this offense. And I feel it's been missing in their run game uh, is that they don't have that other tight end that can really spell George Kittle and that they can kind of miss uh, like uh, 
a line and like uh, do two tight end sets, much like the Ravens uh, do. And I just, I just feel like that could open up another part of this run game. Uh, so, but look for Dwelly probably to come back on the cheap, and then, and then he, depending on if they draft a guy uh, or if they sign some veteran, that he may just, he may just not make it through camp. So, uh, but the Dante Johnson, I mean, they call him the Barnacle. <laughs> <laughs> the I I mean I think we it's gonna go without saying he's gonna end up back on the squad because he's gonna take the minimum he's gonna take whatever it takes to stay on the team like uh, he's gonna be on the team regardless and uh, even if he has to get released and brought back like three times Dante Johnson's probably gonna come back but uh, then you got uh, Maurice Hurst he kind of had some injury issues, not kind of, he had injury issues all season long. He couldn't stay healthy. So I, I don't, I don't really expect him to be back, but, uh, but on the flip side, and to be honest, he had the most coming out of camp. He had, I felt like he had the most uh, ability and opportunity to do really do something in the interior, like uh, on like passing downs. But I think DJ Jones was just epiphany this year. And like he was just so good uh, that, and the fact that DJ Jones stayed healthy was such a was such a huge win for him uh, that it kind of made Maurice Hurst kind of a forgotten man by the end of the season. And uh, but they've also got Arden Key, um, that's a unrestricted free agent. Arden Key was really good towards the end of the season. Jordan Willis really good, a hero, the hero of the. Uh, and the uh, of the game against Green Bay in the playoffs. So what do you, what I I think you have to bring George Jordan Willis back. That that's, I mean, even like uh, he's probably going to end up having to take a pay cut to come back because the the 49ers are really the only team that he's really stuck with. And uh, I mean, I know that he was with. Uh, he's always shown flashes on other teams, but uh, I, I just I think that the 49ers he really has a home. And I think that he has to understand that his his skill set is kind of unique to the 49ers defensive line. And uh, our same goes for Arden Key. I think Arden Key found his home in the on the 49ers. So I I fully expect them to bring back those two, Arden Key and Jordan Willis. Uh, Maurice Hurst, I don't I don't think he's coming back. But uh, uh, Brunskill is another one. Uh, what do you what do you do with Brunskill? Because this man has saved you on so many occasions, filling in for this guy or that guy, filling in a tackle, filling in a guard, filling in at center. He's your utility guy. And while he's not a star and while he struggles at times, I think it's a better, it's a, I think you re-sign him on the cheap because I don't think anybody's get, throwing in a bunch of money at him. If, if somebody does, you let him walk. But, uh, but, because I, I honestly, I think that uh, that Jalen Moore could be the new Brunskill if uh, if given the opportunity. But uh, but yeah, if somebody throws some money at him, then you let him walk. But uh, but if he if he'll come back for the cheap, I would take Brunskill back. Um, they, but I mean, they've got quite a bit of linemen, that, and they need at least one, if not two more, uh, in the draft or or in free agency. It doesn't matter to me which one you do. But I, I would prefer them to be in the draft just so they can be young and cheap. Like, but, but 
if not, like then, I mean, you might want to bring Brunskill. I, I, it, it may be tough for Brunskill to come back. The more I, the more I think about it, it may be tough for him to for them to re-sign him. Uh, and then, and then you got Trent Sherfield, who really disappointing, really disappointing season for him. I felt uh, he was going to get the shot that Jawan Jennings got, and it just never materialized for him. And I think, and I blame, I really blame Jimmy for that. I really think that they're going to bring him back on the cheap, on the cheap. All these guys are going to end up being on the cheap, like if they come back. So uh, I really expect them to bring him back on the cheap, at least to get him into camp and seeing, uh, seeing what they, seeing what they have. I think he's a better option than, I mean, I doubt that they bring Sanu back and he's just old at this point. Uh, But but yeah, Trent Sherfield, I, I feel like there's I still feel like there's untapped potential there. And with Trey being the, the quarterback now and his ability to throw downfield, and uh, who knows what he's gonna look like in this after camp in this next season coming up. It just opens up a whole plethora of things that you can do on offense. And uh I I I just really I I really expect them to bring him back on the cheap. I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna throw any money at him. So it's I think it's a perfect opportunity for the 49ers just to bring him back, give him a chance to uh, to have just a chance for our uh, team to have a really, really deep uh, wide receiver core. And because I and because I still expect them to draft a guy that's going to be more like a uh, punt and kick uh, returner, returner top type of speed guy. And. And that that should round out the uh, the wide receiver core, but that's that's really what I'm looking for because we've. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to see Benjamin back. I do not want to see Benjamin back. I don't want to see Trent Cannon back. I, like we don't. We need some new blood on that on that side, and we need some new special teamers. Uh, obviously, like pay no attention to what happened in Green Bay. We need a whole new special teams uh, crew. Like uh, not a whole new because Afonga was really good on special teams. Uh, they had some special teams guys, and uh, but it but as a whole they were just um, they weren't they were not impressive. Uh, but uh, we got as far as the restricted free agents go. Like I said, we got uh, Hasty. We got Hasty. Do they bring Hasty back on a on a minimum deal? Because that's all he's gonna get. I can't imagine anybody paying him. Uh, but I think they may let him. I think they may let him walk. That's just kind of my, because he's just not. He's just not special. He's not special. There's nothing special about him. Uh, I, I once thought he had a little nice little zip to him, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it. When Elijah Mitchell comes on the scene and he looks special, he looks special, and he was a sixth rounder. So I mean. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I just don't see this anything special and hasty. I think you might let just go ahead and let him go and try to bring in somebody else and see if you got anything somewhere else. And I mean, he's probably going to be there later if you want to re-sign him just for familiarity purposes. Uh, but then you got Aziz, who's a restricted free. They've got to sign him. They've got to sign Aziz. Like that kid is a monster, and he has an, a he has a real chance this next season to. Uh, to really kind of skyrocket uh, 
And then after that season, they may not be able to afford to sign him long-term. So I really expect them to bring him back at least for one more season. He may want a deal. He may want a deal as good as he played this season. He's going to have, he's going to have some, probably some offers, but uh, I'm hoping that he, that we're able to bring him back because he's, he kind of showed out this season and, and, uh, that was really the the strength of our defense is the depth. I don't think anybody knew that we had depth like we did this season. And you could attribute that to D'Amico Ryans. I, I mean, you could. Uh, that he was able to just scheme around whoever whoever was in those spots. But but yeah, the re, the reality is, I mean, this this guy he just showed out. He showed out for your team. He played with a lot of heart. When Warner came out, he was the one making the making the play calls. And uh, he did a great job in that game. So I just think uh, he has an opportunity to be kind of a leader on the team next season, especially in the defense. And, yeah, I would like to see him back. Um, but, yeah, once again, it all depends on the money. I mean, he is a restricted free agent, so the 49ers have a chance to match whatever offer. But we'll see. Then you got Kevin Givens, who's also a restricted free agent. Good, good depth piece, but, I mean, it's not necessary. They can get somebody – the 49ers have shown that they can sign, they can get guys off the scrap heap, and Chris Kasirk can turn these guys into world beaters. He did it for Arden Key, did it for Jordan Willis, he did it for Ebicom. I mean, he did it for uh, even for Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst looked good, so I just uh, I just don't think that they're going to to pay. I think they're going to let Kevin Givens walk if he doesn't want to come back for the minimum. And then you got, uh, and then you got Jennings, who's, who surprisingly, it was, uh, he's a restricted free agent. I believe he's a, he is a, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, exam, I, I, it's a e, e, it has an E in front of it. But the fact is, is that the 49ers, if they just offer him, all they have to do is offer him a deal and he'll be back. So we know that Jennings is going to, Jawan Jennings will be back next season. Um, but the trade, my trade possibilities, I mean, you got Jimmy G. That's not a possibility. That's a for sure. And uh, he's going to be traded. Only question is for how much. I really feel like uh, like they're going to – I don't see them getting more than a third. I know that that some other guys have gotten seconds, like uh, uh, the guy in uh, on the Panthers. But the, re- but the reality is, is – Jimmy doesn't have the uh, the upside that those guys did. Those guys had rockets for arms. Uh, those guys had physical ability. Uh, the guys that got traded for seconds and got traded for those higher draft that was because they had ability. They had physical ability. Jimmy doesn't have physical ability. He he lacks arm strength. Uh, and then his decision making on top of if you're going to lack arm strength, you can't have bad decision making, and you can't be a gunslinger and not have a gun. Like, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a little, to me, it's a little ridiculous even expecting that much, but who knows stranger things have happened. I, but in my opinion, I would not give anything over a third for Jimmy. Uh, and if you did, then you don't belong having that GM position. So uh, the only thing I could think of is that, I mean, he's been linked to Pittsburgh and I think he's been linked. I heard even something about him being linked to the Raiders because Josh, uh, McDaniel went over there or uh, Josh. Uh, yeah. McDaniel went over there as their coach, but what well, I really don't see that happening. Cause I mean, Jimmy wants to start. So 
And I don't think the 49ers would do him dirty like that. I think he's going to go to a place where he's going to get to start. And uh, I, I'm really interested to see where that is. But I think Pitts, Pittsburgh might be a good landing place for him. They want to run the ball. They want to go to old school Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, Old school Pittsburgh run game and throw the ball when you have to. And they have some studs at wide receivers. So, I mean. It's it's entirely possible. I feel like that they can they they can they can bring him in and it'd be a serviceable uh, serviceable mix. They they just need to upgrade their offensive line. That's not up for discussion because Jimmy's not gonna be extending plays with his feet. Uh, so they bet if they're gonna bring Jimmy, anybody that brings Jimmy G in is gonna have to have at least a decent offensive line to give him that two and a half seconds to get the ball out. Um, but and oh, we want to talk. We want to make sure that we talk about uh, our new assistant head coach that just had. Ha- I guess we found out about it a couple of hours ago, which is uh, Anthony Lynn, run game specialist and guy that kind of got Justin Herbert going. And uh, I don't think that he was. Let's let's say I don't think that he was a great head coach. I don't think he was – I don't know if it was that he wasn't ready, but I don't think he was that great of a head coach. But he's a really good coordinator, and uh, I really think that that is going to be an upgrade. And I think now we know what happened to Embry, the the tight end coach that had the assistant head coach label. I don't think it I, – I think that people were jumping the gun a little bit and uh, and trying to, trying to link it to what was going on with Brian Flores – but uh, I think the 49ers were just decided to make a move and bring in Anthony Lynn. And that they had to make that uh, they had to move that money around to, to bring him in and pay him. So I think that is a definite upgrade for the 49ers on the coaching staff, especially if we lose Mike McDaniel to Miami. So it's I mean, I think that it's a, that, I think that's a huge move for the 49ers. I think everybody's going to consider that a huge move and it could really help out. It could really help out Trey. Uh, so, yeah, excited about the move. But, I mean, uh, the other trade possibilities, uh, we got McGlinchey. And I don't know if anybody – how many people are talking about McGlinchey getting traded. But I think I think that they have a few different options on the offensive line to, 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 put, in the, to put in a McGlinchey spot. McGlinchey is an awesome run, run – uh, run, he's an awesome lineman for the run. But but he's he's a liability in path in path protection. And it might not be as bad as everybody says that he is. He just thought, but those three or four bad plays are really bad. And uh, he just I just don't think it's gonna be worth paying him like uh, what he's gonna demand in the uh, when it's time to pay him. So I think you trade now, trade now, get a Get a, th- uh, I mean, what do you get for McGlinchey? Uh, I would hope that they could get, at least get a th- another third, maybe, uh, maybe a future third. And, uh, but McGlinchey, yeah, McGlinchey, I th- I feel like uh, they they need to kind of just scrap that and try try again. Uh, if they can get a third or fourth, this uh, this is a class of offensive linemen in this draft. It's a pretty deep class uh, from what I'm seeing so far. And I know that we're going to see more with the combine, and then I'm sure we're going to have some results from the Senior Bowl 
Uh, I've see, already seen some uh, some floating around there, and some like guys that are projected in the third and fourth round are really kind of projecting well to be 49er type uh, offensive linemen, and uh, so and we're going to get into a couple of them in a little bit, but uh, I just really think it's it's an opportunity for them to flip. Uh, flip the script on their offensive line and get some get some future get some young guys in there and and just really kind of get a move towards where they really wanted to be in the first place. I felt like they brought in Richburg. They thought that was going to be a solution. It ended up he couldn't stay healthy, so it didn't. I mean, Mac is was a to be honest compared to what we had in 2020, Mac was a revelation. But even you could see him losing a step. And the fact that he's almost 40, I mean, it's uh, it's he's going to get hurt. <laughs> he's going to get hurt. He's going to uh, – we're not going to have him for more than maybe – we might have him for one more season. But I wouldn't expect – I wouldn't expect uh, – I wouldn't even expect that. Like, so they're going to have to either draft or sign somebody. And uh, like I said, luckily they're trading away Jimmy. But uh, I had – I had another, like as far as my team needs go, uh, my number one team need is center because of just what I just talked about. Alex Mack is, he, he's, he's just old. He's just old. And uh, in, in not that he's not good, he's really good for his age. Uh, he's serviceable. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we've got to start moving. They've got to start moving and getting some guys in that can transition into the the new like i said earlier this is gonna look like a completely new team i feel uh next season not a completely new team because they're gonna have their stalwarts there but but for as far as we've got to see some new blood coming on coming on in and actually making impacts some of these higher draft picks have got to start making moves and got to start getting involved aaron banks i heard that he was losing he lost a little bit of weight and uh, so let's see what he can give us next season. Hopefully he can he can uh, start at that right guard spot. But I mean, I'm not holding my breath because I think all a lot of us knew that he shouldn't have been drafted. He was the he was not what the he did not fit into the 49ers uh, game plan. So I don't know. I don't really understand the pick because there was other guys there uh, that that were obviously were more of a fit than, than Aaron Banks. So it's, it, it was really puzzling to me uh, when I, when I heard Aaron Banks name, uh, we, I mean, we didn't even get a sniff of Trey Lance, like, uh, or not Trey Lance, but well, him really either. He played, a, he played two games, but we didn't get a, a sniff of Trey Sermon. Like, uh, I mean, you traded up to get him and we don't get a sniff. So they always, the 49ers always excel in drafting those later round guys, but we want to see some of these high potential first and second round picks pan out on a regular basis. Those are the ones that, that I really feel like the 49ers are missing in just hitting. And, uh, but it's uh, the way I see the team needs go is center. Uh, they need absolutely need a safety. Those two positions are non-negotiable in this draft to me. Uh, I thought they should have drafted a center last season. And, uh, but, and honestly, I thought they should have drafted a safe, a safety that was not Hafunga. 
uh, because, and I know a lot of people are going to to get upset by this because a lot of people like Hafunga and I like Hafunga uh, because he's a high energy guy. He's got great instincts, but the reality is he's slow. He cannot, he can't, he can't run with guys. He's, he's not good in coverage. He's a box safety. That's light. Like the guy's like 195 pounds. So I just I don't I don't I don't see him being a starter uh, is for like a strong safety because you definitely can't put him at free safety or single high. Like, I mean, that's just if they do that, that they're just asking to get killed all game long. So, yeah, I think safety is a definite need um, because you also have uh, Traveris Moore coming back. But who knows what that's going to look like? He's coming off an ACL. And uh, and then yeah, and then you got those those kind of castoffs, Tavon Wilson, and and they got a couple other guys, Jeffries, I believe. That uh, that I mean, I don't think I don't think those guys move the needle at all. So, but they're gonna they're going to. So I think safety, safety and center are their two main things. That, that those are non-negotiables. Also, I believe they need an edge. I need. I believe they need. Uh, they definitely need a another rotational piece. Because they're gonna lose some of these, they're gonna lose some of these guys, and it would be nice to have a, like an influx of youth in there. Uh, I think they need cornerback depth, and uh, I also think they need. I think they need tight end depth, and I talked about it earlier in the pod. Uh, I really think that they need a bona fide second tight end that they can develop. They tried with Charlie Warner. It it like, uh, and maybe he takes another step next season. He actually didn't look bad when he would, got to play, but. They just – I don't think that they really have a lot of faith in him. I think they need some athleticism at that spot. So um, some tight end depth and then somebody that can be better than than Ross Dwelly. And then I think that they need that speed wide receiver, uh, somebody that can return kicks and punts, somebody that can be on special teams, somebody that can uh, – what Richie James was basically supposed to be, which is just stretching the field what Travis Benjamin was supposed to be. Somebody that they can just get on the field, that burner that can just stretch the field, that maybe you run on the occasional jet sweep with. Uh, like it, it's just those are the things that I'm looking for in uh, in this draft, in this draft, and in this off season for them to kind of patch up. Uh, as far as the wide receiver, the tight end, uh, wide receiver, the center, and the safety, and the edge. I fully expect them to uh, to to cover those in the draft. I think those need to be youth guys. Uh, the tight end depth and the quarterback depth, they can do that in the draft. They can do that in the free agency if they need to. Uh, I don't think that uh, they have to do that in the draft. But I've got a couple of guys that uh, that I'm looking at now that that could fill spots, and you could get them later on in the in those later rounds on day three that I, th- I think there are some serviceable guys that could be like an Ambry Thomas that just kind of build their way up throughout the season and become, become pieces by the end of the season. So I'm going to go over a few of the draft uh, possibilities. Like uh, some of these guys that I feel like will be in the 49er range uh, as of right now, but let's make it clear that the, the combine hasn't happened yet. We haven't even finished with the senior bowl yet. So a lot of this is going to, change it's going to move up and down and but these are guys that i'm looking at right now that are that are kind of 
on the big board for for the 49ers range as of right now. And I mean, I know this is going to flux, but but just stay with me and uh, just keep an eye on on a few of these guys. Uh, the first one I got is Jalen Petrie. Uh, projects to be a safety. He was, I think he played a lot of, he played a little bit of everything at, at Baylor. He played some corner also, but he's projecting to be a safety in the, in the NFL, uh, six feet, 197 pounds, versatile safety that can line up anywhere. Loves to hit things. Love the, love the, uh, the nastiness, uh, great instincts when playing in the box. Like I plays downhill. Uh, I love the guy he can cover. And, uh, and I think that that's going to be something that he develops over time. But uh, but I think that that's something he has the speed. He he has the speed to be able to recover and to be and he puts himself in good position position uh, in coverage. I just think it may be some time to get his uh, balls to, to gather his ball skills and for him to feel confident. Um, but but I mean, kids got great instincts, got great. Uh, he wants he wants to go out there and be physical. And that, and that's. As we all know, that's the 49ers thing. They love physical guys. So uh, my second guy that I'm looking at is uh, Donovan West. And I know nobody has heard this name uh, because, because there's really not much out there about him. Uh, I found a couple of articles out there about him, and I watched some tape of him. Uh, Donovan West, he's a guard slash center. He's kind of played – he's played both guard spots, and he played center for uh, Arizona State. He's 6'4", 300 pounds, uh, but he's a junior, and he's. Ex- I think he's extremely underrated. Right now, he's projecting to be in that third, third to fourth round uh, section, but I think he, and I think after the combine, this guy might move up. He might move up into that second, third realm. But extremely underrated, versatile guard that could that uh, he's gonna have a future starting. He's gonna be a starting center. That's what he projects as. And uh, after, especially after playing next to Mac for a season, I just uh, like it. Maybe if they put him at guard because I really don't think Aaron Banks is gonna be the answer at right guard. But I think if you put if you put this kid uh, over there who who is used to playing zone concepts and I think he could be. He's really athletic, and really kind of nasty at the at the punch. I I really think that this kid could uh, could do some things, and this guy could be a piece going forward. I called a few guys last season. Kendrick Green, who ended up going to Pittsburgh, I really wanted for the 49ers last season, and uh, they kind of let him let it, let him go. Like uh, there was a couple of guys that I was looking at last season for the 49ers, and uh, that they didn't pick up. And I thought that they, they was entirely op, an option, but yeah, I, I will still say that Aaron Banks pick just makes no sense to me, but Donovan West, just keep that name in your, in your mind. I think that this kid has a real, has some real potential from what I saw on film. And, uh, and then you've got Max Mitchell, who's a tackle for Louisiana, the raging Cajuns, another guy from the raging Cajuns. 6'6", 300 pounds, um, graded out as the – he was graded out as the best tackle in the nation for PFF. And I know that we – I know that we we all kind of roll our eyes when we hear per PFF, uh, but at the very least, he has the the analytics. Like, uh, he's 
he's doing something right to have the analytics uh, graded towards his weight. But he had like a 94 point something grade. He had the best grade in in all of college football. Uh, so, like, uh, but he excels. Another guy that excels in the zone run scheme and pat and he excels in pass protection. And he just happens to play right tackle. Hmm. I wonder where we could use him. Uh, I think that they could trade. This is a prime guy I'm looking at for them to trade uh, McGlinchey. And I would love to see them maybe find a way to get this kid on their team. Uh, my, my fourth guy that I'm looking at, Jeremy Rucker, uh, tight end from OSU. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. Uh, not heavily used in college, which may make him slip down in, on draft boards because the numbers really aren't there for him. But uh, could I feel like this guy could be a true complimentary piece to Kittle. Uh, he's a red zone threat. Uh, they did use him a lot in red zone, uh, OSU did. And, I mean, he's kind of a developmental blocker. He's not really a great blocker, but he's the, the tools are there. And I think he has the strength. I think he has the athleticism to do it. I think him playing next to Kittle and having, and playing with Kittle, I think could really open up this guy's nasty streak and get him and get him on board with that. So um, I think he has the mentality for it. I I think this kid is going wherever he goes, he's going to be, I think he's going to end up being a monster. Uh, So it would be nice to have a second guy to, to spell Kittle in spots because Kittle has to do so much in the run game. And I don't think he always has enough to, to, I think that's why he would get hurt. And granted, he didn't get hurt a lot this season, uh, but that was because he just didn't get a lot of usage, period. He wasn't catching a lot of passes. And, uh, and but with Trey, uh, with Trey Lance starting next season, everybody's going to get a few more passes, I think. So I just think that it would be a good piece, a good opportunity for them to kind of diversify the run game and diversify the pass game by adding that other, that second tight end. Um, my fifth guy that I'm looking at is Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. He's a cornerback, six foot, 197, uh, versatile, another versatile guy, cornerback that excels in zone. This guy excels in zone, in all kinds of zone, but has the ability to play. He has the, like, uh, they say that he has the fluidity to play a man. Like he, he very rarely plays in man, but the way his body language and I'd be willing and I'd be interested in asking Croc about uh, Eric Crocker about this. But uh, after he gets a chance to watch this kid's tape, but uh, they say he has the ability to play man. He's aggressive, aggressive against the run and play special teams. And that's kind of what what kind of draws me to him. I think this is a guy that we can get in those later at fifth that might be able to get him in the, the fourth, fifth, sixth round area where uh, somebody that can play special teams and. I think in those later rounds, we really got to get guys that that uh, that kind of grade out to play special teams. Um, but my next guy is uh, Tyreek Smith. He's an edge, uh, 6'3", 265 out of OSU. Flashes he flashes when I watch him play. When I watch the uh, the tape that I on uh, YouTube, he's he flashes on film. Super super quick guy, but plays with power. Pressure, I mean, he pressures at a high rate, but he just needs to refine. I feel like uh, what's being said about him is he needs to refine his technique to get home. Nagging injury history, tremendous upside, and plays the run in the past. 
So, I mean, I feel like this is a guy that they could use on early downs and uh, and could kind of be what what Evacom was supposed to be. I think they graded out Evacom to be exactly what this guy is described as. And uh, I just think that this guy is really I think he's he's going to be a steal for somebody. Now, he does have an injury history, but that's why I feel like he would be good with the 49ers because he'd be part of the rotation and not just sent out there to be all all game. Um, but another guy, uh, one last guy that I'm going to look and I'm the last guy for this pod because uh, we've got so many guys to look at. But uh, last guy I'm looking, and I talked about him in, like, first couple of my mock drafts, um, but Smoke Monday. <laughs> you, you don't get a better name in football than Smoke Monday. You want all the smoke. And uh, he's a safety 6'3", 199 out of Auburn. He's a box safety that has – he has potential in coverage, but that's something he's going to have to develop. And uh, loves – another guy that loves to hit aggressive in a really aggressive in the run game. He's a box safety and uh, can be lined up in multiple spots against the pass just because you don't really know what angle he's coming from. Uh, he's really good. You know, he's a really good blitzer, uh, spe- but he'd be a special teams upgrade. And that's why I'm looking at this guy is that he, but we may, he may be too high in the draft for them to pick him to be just be a box safety, but he's a guy that I'm kind of looking at. I, I'm really interested to see more, uh, when it comes down to the the combine and when it comes down to uh, when they do, people do their pro days and all that kind of stuff uh, and the interview process, I, I really want to see more of, of smoke. Like uh, I, I just, he pops on film, but, but I think that there's some areas where he definitely needs some development. So if, if he falls great, but that's not, he's not a guy that I would pick early earlier like on day two or I mean even early day three I would probably put him as a fifth sixth rounder my personal but I know that he's got too much athletic ability to end up falling that far so but we'll see I just this uh, just another guy to put on the radar uh somebody that you to look out for but there's going to be many more guys to cover once we get deeper into the process really excited to see if Donovan West climbs up boards after the combine, that's that center I was telling you about. Uh, do the 49ers value depth? Uh, do the 49ers value depth in special teams and the tight end spot to keep Kittle healthy? That's a question. I think that's a bona fide question. Do they value that uh, the depth at the tight end spot? Um, I don't know that they do, like uh, because they haven't really. Dwelly is really, I mean, painfully average. And they just have they tried to bring in uh, I can't remember even remember his name right now, but it was a failed experience because him and Kittle couldn't be couldn't be healthy at the same time. So uh, it was Jordan Reed. They tried to bring Jordan Reed in and it just didn't didn't work out because they couldn't be healthy at the same. That was just 2020 was just it was just terrible all the way around as far as injuries go. So but I would like to see them try something like that again to where. You have somebody that can take some of the, the load off a of Kittle. Um, they most they're they most certainly are going to draft an edge because that's what that's what uh, Lynch does. Lynch and Channy want to dominate the line of scrimmage, and uh, they're so I feel like they're always going to get some kind of defensive lineman. Um, 
but at which round? Which round do they do they pick that edge at? Or the or the interior? They could get an interior guy, but I, I expect them to get at least one edge guy. Uh, is safety as big of a priority to the 49ers as I think it should be? That's another question. It should be, but is it? Because every time we think the 49er fans and the podcasters and the pundits think that certain things should be a focal point for the 49ers decision-making, 49ers do something off the wall. It's almost like they do it out of spite. It's So do they make that a big priority? Um, do they spend dollars on a splash-free agent after, after trading Jimmy just because they opened up the cap space? Do they try and add a major piece? I hope not. I don't, I don't think that they should. I don't think that they need to. Like, I think that they have to, I think that they just have to bring in some young guys. They've proven that they have good coaching. This is a great coaching staff. You get some high upside guys that just haven't been, had a chance to prove themselves on other teams and you bring them into the culture. I think that's, that's the main thing for the 49ers. They just got Anthony Lynn. And uh, I just think you bring him into the culture Get them, get coach these kids up, and uh, and I think that is that's what how the 49ers are going to get better, not by bringing in a big splash free agent. I don't think that's how this team works. Um, but the other, oh, I wanted to say there was one more guy that I really who de- is definitely a trade possibility is Kinlaw. Uh, I just with his injury history, I don't know how much they would get. He was a first round pick. I'm, I think they might be able to get uh, a second or a third for him just because of his potential. But I think that might be a guy that might be on the trade block uh, just, just because I don't see how he's going to fit if they – it just depends on what they do with the DJ Jones with uh, – uh, because then you almost have to move Eric Armstead back out out to the edge. And like, I don't think that that's, I think they've proven where Eric Armstead's true place is on this team. And I think it would be a mistake. It would be a mistake to do that. So I think that uh, Kinlaw is going to be a prime candidate to be traded and how much they get for him. I don't know, but because the kid is really a monster. I I really don't think he's had a a fair shake at, uh, at trying to prove where, where he is in this league, but I think he has unlimited potential uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I want to see the kid do well, regardless of if he stays a 49er or even if he goes somewhere else. But uh, thank you guys watching list for watching, listening. Uh, it's going to be a long off season of uncertainty and wishful thinking. Don't get frustrated, 49er fans. Um, trust the process. Trust the culture of, the, of this. Every time we think that, what are they doing? Like, I can't believe they're doing this. What it like? Uh, why did they pick this guy? Why did they do this? I mean, we went to the NFC Championship game this season. They're doing something right. I mean, we got there with the worst quarterback in the in the playoffs. Like, I mean, it is what it is. So, just just trust the process. Have faith. Um, even if we don't agree with all their picks, I mean, the the reality is is it's, it's worked out. Now we haven't gotten our Super Bowl. But the fact that they're even in the conversation after going three for five, uh, after going three and five in the beginning of last of this past season, 
that kind of tells you where they are, where they're at as a culture, where they're at as a team, where they're at as a core. And uh, for the most part, like uh, it's just it's worked out. So thank you guys. And uh, and like I said on my I think I posted it to Facebook and to Twitter uh, from here on out. Wednesdays, 630 Pacific time. I will be going live every single uh, every single day, like every single Wednesday at 630 Pacific time. Come in, check it out, uh, like and subscribe. But most of all, I want you guys to give me some comments. Uh, tell me how I'm doing and ask some questions, get some questions in there. Uh, I'd love to see some takes. I'm going to probably have some start having some people on. I'm going to be asking some people. I've got some people in mind that I want to have on. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it and uh, going forward and go Niners.